Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. So glad you're here. Well, we're finishing up our work in Kelly Robbins' book, Trust Your Next Step. And you'll remember throughout the month, we've been focusing on the idea of really making positive and intentional changes in our life. So we started out with the idea of really having a vision of maybe where we want to be, what we would be like in five years. And she presents a lovely four-part roadmap on how to get from here to there. And the steps are very simple. One is simply to have that firm awareness of, of what you want to be different. How could your life be different in five years? Second, the idea then of setting the intention. That is for me. I'm, I'm going to do what is necessary to achieve that goal or, or, or to make that difference in my life. And then here's where I think her process is really magical. Then it is simply making decisions on a daily basis that take us towards that goal. Now, now a lot of us, I know, before we embark upon something, we want to have the whole thing mapped out, right? We want to know the beginning, we want to know the ending, and we want to know all the milestones in between. We want to be somehow reassured that every little step along the way is going to be covered. And of course, for most of that, it spells disaster. If we knew exactly how to achieve our goals, we'd already achieved them, right? And, and so her theory is, no, no, we're going to leave the details primarily up to God, to spirit. All we have to focus in on simply the next step. And so, so part three of her idea is we simply make our daily decisions and ask ourselves very proactively, will making this step, will taking this action, will having this decision made bring me closer to my goal or further away. And so it doesn't get any more complicated than that. We simply look at some of the choices uh, in front of us. We do a bit of brainstorming, generate some choices. Which one would just be a next step? I don't have to worry about the whole thing. Uh, You know, that's perhaps beyond where I am today. But what could be the next step that would take me closer to my goal? And, uh, and then step four is just taking small actions that go with those small decisions and moving you forward. Well, last week, you'll remember, we talked a little bit about some of the things that can uh, offer setbacks in our lives and maybe a different way of looking at some of those things that on the surface appear to be failure. Could they be learning steps? Could they be part of the process of actually becoming who and what we want? Could we stop looking at failure as a failure and rather just as part of the overall process for our success? And today I want to talk a little bit more about something else that can hold us back. And I think the best way to illustrate it is uh, with a story, actually. Gosh, I hate to admit it. It was probably about 30 years ago. I was working for the telephone company. And this was a time when they were trying to mechanize and computerize just about everything. They, they had this brainy idea that, uh, oh my gosh, with proper technology, they could probably reduce the workforce by like 80% or something like that. Now, 30 years later, they probably have achieved it. But at the time, their goals were maybe a little ambitious. And in fact, so ambitious that there weren't any programmers to be had. I mean, literally at at that time, 
companies across America were all wanting to mechanize. And so real programmers that had any particular qualifications all eaten up and making fabulous uh, salaries. And so they have this idea that they would give uh, re regular folk aptitude tests and why not train people on how to be programmers and so uh, I was one of those people I, I took this funny test there were a bunch of us actually at the telephone company and those of us who who had an aptitude for computer programming then were invited to apply for some of the training programs well uh, in the division I was in there were six of us that had passed the test and on this one glorious afternoon, we're all sitting outside a HR manager's office being called in one by one for our interview. And, and, and I got to tell you, they, they weren't thinking things out too well, right? They announced, well, there are six of you and there are four openings, just so you know, right? <laughs> it's like, how helpful is that? So we're, we're having coffee and we're comparing notes, actually kind of teasing out, well, which one of us is going to make it? And, uh, and oh my gosh, there was only one of us that really had any experience at all. There was this gentleman that had moved up from California and who had actually done programming before. He said, you know, that was a while back, but yeah, I've had programming. And, and in fact, I, I was uh, using the COBOL language, which I understand is the programming language we're going to be using here. He said, of course, I was using COBOL 73 and, you know, I think they're on to COBOL 78 and I don't know whether that will translate very well. And of course, I understand we're going to be working on kind of big projects and I've mostly been working in small groups and I feel uh, a little nervous about it and, and really I, I'm uh, I'm kind of the new kid on the block here you guys have worked for the telephone company for some of you for years and I well, you know, we'll see how it goes. So anyway, we, we all went in for our interviews and, and he was one of the last ones and when he came out I could see that the interview had not gone well. H have you just noticed that picture on some people's face when when they go to do something important and it has not worked out, it was like the clouds were passing over it. And so I said, well, well, what's up? My gosh, if anyone was going to get this job, it would be you. you. You've had experience on that kind of programming before. You've been a programmer. You know, these are the sort of things that you're probably really good at. He said, I know, but they didn't ask me about any of that. He never even told them about his work experience. He was not one of the people selected. One of the things that can hold you back is your own level of self-esteem, your own self-confidence or lack therein. And I want to suggest that that is something that probably keeps most of us from achieving our goals at one time for another. And I'll tell you, I have a guess of where it starts. I can still remember when I was probably about seven years old and I was at the grandma's house that I didn't maybe like as well as the other grandma, but that's a, we'll save that story for another day. And, and anyway, I think I was just being rambunctious a little bit and too talkative. And she said, I think you need to know that children should be seen and not heard. And I must have looked at her kind of funny because she gave me some more advice on exactly what that looked like. But I wonder if most of us aren't trained to not toot our own horn, to, to not be more verbal, to not, not only say what's going wrong in our lives, but also to say what's 
going well in our lives and some of the talents that we have. And, and not in a bragging way. I, I mean, I'm sure we've probably all known someone who really brags, right? It, it's like almost with their introduction. Hi, I'm Larry, and I'm the senior pastor at the church with an MBA and 20 years of experience, right? And you're like, well, hi, <laughs> right? I mean, we know what bragging is like, but I want to suggest there's something that isn't that, that is also letting people know that we have talents, that we amount to something in the world. And, and so that when we would go into something like a job interview or in a situation where someone is in a position of maybe aiding us or helping us in some way, that it is okay for us to ask for that help. It's okay to let people know what some of our qualifications are. My guess is, no, actually, my hope is that many of your dreams are big enough that you will need help in accomplishing them. So how are you going to get that help if you're not willing to do a little self-promotion? How are you going to have God help you through other people if you're unwilling to share your dream with the world, if you're unwilling to let people know uh, your own progress towards that dream, your own capabilities, your own self-confidence, and enroll them in it as well. Be able to portray the dream. Uh, you might even think of it as gulp marketing. <laughs> All right, it's time for the joke. So Mary, a young nurse at a cosmopolitan hospital, went to see the head chaplain. Pastor, you've got to help me, she said. It seems like every time I meet one of the new interns, I end up dating them. And then afterwards, I feel guilty and depressed. Well, I see, nodded the chaplain. So really, what you want is for me to help you with your self-esteem so that you can resist these impulses. Wow, said the nurse. I hadn't thought of that. I was hoping you would help me with my self-esteem so that I wouldn't feel guilty and depressed. <laughs> self-esteem is key. If you don't think you deserve your dream of the future, if you don't think that you're up to the task of achieving your goals, <sighs> You know, there was a very wise man that said, it is done unto you as you believe. Jesus, the master teacher over 2,000 years ago, summarized the whole idea of self-esteem in one statement. It is done unto you as you believe. And when that young man did not even bother to tell them his resume of computer programming and his experience with the language, right? He was basically saying, I don't believe in myself even enough to let you know what my capabilities are. Now, when we hide our light under a bushel, we are doing no one a favor. When we don't believe in ourselves enough to ask for help, we're doing the entire world a disservice. So luckily, 
Kelly Robbins is going to come to our rescue today with three different ideas on how we might improve our self-esteem. Well, the first one, and this is a tough nut to crack. This may press some of your buttons a little bit, and one of the reasons you hire me is to now and then press your buttons. She says, and I believe that we have to take 100% responsibilities for our life. And that includes the most stupid and crazy things we do. Now there is a tendency, and I understand it, I understand absolutely where it comes from, that when I make a mess of my life, it is oh so convenient to blame it on other people and circumstances. And I will tell you, there have been times in my life when I have done that, done that gratefully and not looked back. But those are not times I am proud of, and those were not times that empowered me. If we want to be empowered and know and recognize that I'm in charge of my life and I can set a direction and make my goals, then I also have to know that sometimes when it's a mess, I made the mess too. It doesn't work to put the blame on the bad stuff out on the world and just try to say the good stuff I did. It's like our brain knows that's not true. It's got to be one way or another. Either we're in charge or I'm a victim and the universe is in charge. And so I like to think of it as really embracing all of my life and really recognizing my authentic power in all of my life. So when I do make a mess, which happens now and then, I say, oh my God, how powerful were you? Who else but you could make a mess of your life in this magnitude? <laughs> and when I have the presence of mind, I even put this grin on to acknowledge it, right? Because really, who could? But me make this magnitude of mess in my life. Only me. It's my power. It's one of my superpowers. <laughs> right? And, and the good news is, I can also use that power in a more positive way. But it's the same power. Do you see? The same power that makes bad decisions makes good decisions. The same power that devotes all of their energy <laughs> into creating just a total nightmare can, with education and foresight and choosing better, make something that is fabulous beyond all compare. And it's the same power. And so when we take 100% responsibility for our lives, we are saying, I am that powerful. I'm not going to leave it up to other people. I'm not going to hope for the best. I'm not going to, you know, have my co-workers in charge of my life or my family in charge of my life. They're all good people. I love them. They're there to help and support when they can. But the responsibility for my life is right here. And I am powerful enough always to be in charge of it. Whether, whether the outcome in the moment is less than what I want or not, I'm in charge of it. The next thing that she says is important is this idea of self-advocacy. I mean, again, the idea that you'd go into a job interview and not even mention what your skills were because they didn't ask. It's like, wait a minute here. One of the things I learned as soon as I had published my first book is that you publish a book, no one's going to buy it if they don't know about it. 
<laughs> it's like from the get-go, we're our own marketing teams. And whether it's marketing uh, for friendship, whether it's marketing for a business, whether it's marketing for your career, the world deserves to know what you have to offer. Not in that braggy kind of way, not in that way that uh, makes people wonder, ooh, gosh, I don't want to be around her. She's so, so, you know, in your face about who she is and what she does. But I'll tell you a simple little rule here. If you get to know people first, and it's clear that the marketing is reciprocative, it doesn't come off as bragging at all. So first you have to make contact. If you've gone to one of those meet and greets where, where people are exchanging ideas and business cards and things like that, the idea is, well, first you make the connection. You have to. You have to have a connection with someone before you can tell someone what you're doing and what you're about and what your dreams are. If you don't do that first, it does come off as bragging. It does come off as self-asserting. Instead, you make the connection first, you make it clear that you're interested in what they have to offer, as well as hoping they're interested in what you have to offer. And then, oh my gosh, you can say anything. It won't be bragging. It'll be conversational. And people will get hooked into some of your compelling ideas and ways of being. They'll be drawn in because of your passion for what you have in the world. And if you're unwilling to share your passion, if you're unwilling to tell people this vision, if you're unwilling to even ask for help now and then, you'll be stalled. Do you see how this works? And really, I like to think about it too as really doing a service. Now, I know a lot of us are used to marketing as something we just wish we could turn off. It's like, why can't my phone filter out the marketing calls? Why, you know, why does even Netflix now, you know, put their weird little commercials in? You know, why, why did YouTube go onto the dark side and have it be about advertising? But that is different. What I'm talking about here is you able to share your enthusiasm and your dreams and to do it in a way that invites collaboration. It's very different. And when you can do that, when you can advocate for yourself in that conversational and compelling way, just like you'd be talking to yourself, right? Then you will have people fallen out of the trees to actually help you. The third thing that she talks about is making an investment in yourself. I'm going to throw out an off-ball question here. Who here has had professional photos taken of you recently? Say in the last five years. Now, a lot of you are going, oh, Larry, why would I do that? <laughs> and I would suggest that anyone that has a public connection at all, whether you're a business manager, whether you're in, in front of people, as, as I am frequently, if you're a musician or in the performing arts, even if you just have business cards to, to convey who you are and what you do, it's an investment in yourself. How many people here have had uh, taken a self-enrichment class in the last year? How many people here have updated their resume when they weren't job seeking? 
Do you see, these are all ways that we convey to the universe, I can make an investment in myself. I'm willing to do something for myself that will move me forward. Now, ideally, these kinds of things may also be aligned with that vision that you have for the future, right? If you're taking a self-enrichment course, maybe you would be enriched in a way that would allow you to take a further step along that path towards your dream of what the future would be. But what I do know is self-enrichment ideas, self-investment ideas show that you are important enough to have that dream. And so if you're resisting it, like, oh no, I could never have professional uh, pictures done. Oh no, I, uh, why would I take a class and how to speak better in front of public? You know, I'm, I'm not an orator. All of these kinds of things make you more you. It isn't the idea that you're going to become something or do something and as an investment to yourself to be someone else. This is making you more authentically you. The professional pictures you might have done could be goofy as all get out. It's not, it's not that, you know, it's like the headshot with the... Do you know what I mean? I mean, it, all of these ways of enriching your life should be enriching who you are and bringing out more of yourself, allowing you to express more of your authentic power. And when you make an investment in yourself, guess what happens? The universe is willing to make an investment in you as well. It's that energy of, yes, I absolutely do count. So I want to review these three points here really quickly because I think that we can actually make some good ground, some good progress on our overall goal by, by doing something more that is bolstering our self-confidence and self-esteem. So first of all, taking 100% of responsibility for life. So next time you feel yourself being victimized in some way, See if you can turn that around. See if you can turn that into, oh boy, I sure was powerful in this one. Look at how I have collaborated with my boss to make this entire mess. See if you can turn a, an area around in your life. It's like, oh my gosh, look how I have conspired with the neighbor across the fence to escalate this into World War III. <laughs> Larry, you are just that powerful, and today I'm going to choose to use that power differently, <laughs> right? Okay, so 100% responsibility for your life. The idea of self-advocacy, are you willing to speak up for yourself? Are you willing to tell your truth, not only the negative aspects of you, but more importantly, how powerful you are? How capable are you? Are you willing to mention to other people some of the capabilities that you have that would move you forward? Are you willing to share part of your dream for the future and now we're straying into that uh, marketing aspect a little bit. Are you willing to invest yourself enough into your dream that you would share it with other people in a way that would have them on board with it and collaborate with you? Because when you have that 
openness, and it really requires open-heartedness if you think about it, but when you have that open-hearted ability to share with people your dream, that is when the universe says, I got I to gotta make this be true. I got to fulfill this dream. And then the people right around you will become collaborators. The resources you need will be present. The, the money or, or, or the building or the equipment or the training or, or whatever might be needed. Suddenly, you're broadcasting to the universe, I'm open for this. Here's my dream. I'm accepting of all people that might help me. That is when spirit floods you with everything you need. And then the final thing we talked about is simply making an investment in yourself. Prove to yourself that you are worth this dream of the future and take steps along it. So today we've seen the importance of self-confidence and self-esteem. We recognize that when our self-esteem and self-confidence are low, we can expect less participation from spirit, right? We're not believing in ourselves when there's disbelief, when there's confusion, when there's a lack of clarity around what it is we want to receive, we are not going to have spirit working on our side. It is done unto us as we believe. When we believe in ourselves, when we believe in our, our vision of the future, that is when we get the collaboration of spirit. We've also discussed three elements of self-confidence to help foster your success in making changes in your life that actually last. Taking responsibility, self-advocacy, and making that investment in yourself. So homework today. Do you believe in yourself? What investment are you willing to make in the next few weeks that would grow your self-confidence? So that's your homework. What investment are you willing to make in yourself? Is it a self-enrichment class? Is it maybe a new exercise program? Uh, is it eating better? What investment are you willing to make in yourself to help you realize that dream? I'm going to close with a, a quote from Kelly Robbins' book, and a Prayer. She says that days may come when you cannot see how you're going to create this vision of the future. You may wonder how you'll ever take that next step on your path when it feels long and laborious. It might feel like the world is against you and that you have bitten off more that you can chew. On those days, and you will have those days, try to feel what faith exists within you. The work you do, the love and joy you have to share is part of God. It's part of source itself. The universe, energy working through you, it's not you, but it is that force working through you. It needs you to express itself. On behalf of the universe, you are expressing God's will. In fact, there are people waiting for you to step up so that they can follow. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one God, only this one thing. And what I know about it is that it's moving through and as everything, everything that we can touch and taste and sense, everything that we are ourselves, for we're no exception. God has made us truly in its image and out of its body. We are here acting 
on Spirit's behalf. And so this, this glorious manifestation of Spirit can know and can love itself, can move forward with that spiritual authority and self-confidence of the creation knowing the Creator, knowing that what we have to offer and how we show up are worthy of the true riches and love and light and peace and wholeness of this universe. And as we go forward in confidence, seeing our dream clearly and taking steps towards it, all that is required comes with. Each one of us uh, allows that collaboration with spirit, those resources showing up as our fellow humans, that ability to do and to be becomes so much easier with that clarity and with that self-confidence. And so for this, I give great thanks. I give thanks for the spirit behind and creating all things and and in particular for spirit as it, as it senses what is true for us and, and moves through us intentionally to help us create our dreams. So I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.